0: Today in TFC Stock Geekout, we're going to explore a company that has managed to corner a part of the semiconductor market. Yes, the semicon space is very huge and complicated, with multiple players engaged in highly specialized and sophisticated processes. But these guys have found a stranglehold on the market, owning more than 90% of the GPU market, aka graphic processing unit, which in layman terms is a charge in the computing space, enabling compute to the highest. Order, which is extremely important in gaming, machine learning, data centers, crypto money and all the fancy smanshy latest stuff. Joining me today to explore this semiconductor giant will be Thomas Steele, our in-house stock and tech geek we explored, NVIDIA. Exploring its supply chain where it sits in the broader semiconductor space. What is the product used for the base case for its near monopoly and its future growth prospects versus its risk factors, where in the future, tech may move away from GPU. Your phones, for example, do not use GPU. So what is stopping Apple from eating their lunch and other tech players from copying them for your reference sake this episode was recorded on the 22nd of may 2021 and released early to our community members our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only it does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you let's geek out So welcome back to our TFC Stock Geek Out and following all
1: the discussion with all these tech companies and following our daily live, talking about Semicons. I think Thomas has a, a, a deep desire to talk about the Semicon space and there are a lot of things going on. This is a very complicated space at all these different companies and there's one company that is leading the way in a particular field, like in a, in a, in a big pack in the space where... Intel used to dominate this space at the microchip level. It's not very easy to find its own footing, but there's this one company that for some random reason, okay, maybe not that random, huh? they have a lot of Bitcoin miners, they have a lot of <laughs> a lot of rise of gaming, you know, so they have found their footing in this game. So what is this company, Thomas? What do you want to bring us
2: through today? This is NVIDIA. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so NVIDIA, uh, you might know only if you're a gamer. And maybe more recently because of the rise of cryptocurrencies and all that, then you hear this name like, oh, what is this NVDA? Some weird name and all that. What do they actually do? Mm. Yeah. So uh, they are in the realm of uh, semiconductors, but not the fully technical kind of semicons. They are towards the end of the change. So they use whatever all, most of the semicons already produce to actually make uh, these things called uh, graphical processing units. GPUs uh, for short. So for the gamers, these are the things that is used in your PCs. Right, you want to play your your battlefield uh, yes. or your World of Warcraft or something like that, right? In four K. Yes. Right. You need the, the best GPUs ever. Extremely right? important. mm mm-hmm. And these same technologies, right, actually powers a lot of the cloud compute that you see today. Uh which also is the same kind of technologies which is being used to go and mine your Bitcoin. Uh. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that's why I'm pretty interested in doing this.
0: <laughs> nice, yeah.
1: nice. Yes, yes. And I think for a lot of people that don't know how these work, right? I I want to try to explain the product. Okay. Essentially, in your computer screen, there are all these pixels, right? There are a lot, a lot of small, little, little pixels, and they're they're emitting light. Okay. But to orchestrate all these emissions, where to emit, at what time to emit, what's the intensity, you need a particular thing to orchestrate this whole thing, and that is the GPU.
2: Is that is that what it is? Mm, actually that is more of the motherboard la. oh, <laughs> The GPU, shit. the GPU actually is the GPU is like a turbo. Mm, okay, mm. so you have let's say uh, your main engine is your CPU, mm. right? Your GPU is like a turbo attached on top of it. Right, which is designed for a certain kind of workload beyond a certain point. Mm. Yeah, because uh, there's just a lot of math that needs to be computed right, in uh, gaming because of your graphics, right? A lot of, of, of these pixels and then the physics engine and all that kind of it's just crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, as well as for Bitcoin mining, as you might know. Mm. And for compute clusters, let's say there's a lot of data science uh, jobs that needs to be done. All this is just mathematical calculation at the end of the day. Mm. Your CPU, right? of course can do this but very very slowly it's not optimised to do that it's only optimised to actually streamline all the operations of your operating system Mm. your Mac OS your Windows and things like that right but when you run some very intensive computation right there's better ways to optimise the same kinds of uh, underlying technologies that means ordering them in a certain way such that it computes it much much faster and that's its only job
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. okay so it's the it's the turbo charge in the computer and it's required in all the very high intense things like uh, computer games like Bitcoin mining like machine learning all those very very mm. advanced new edgy kind of tech requirements is that what I'm hearing right 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 okay okay yeah. cool so then yeah. when when you say that they are, the last of the line, you know, uh, GPUs are last of the line or NVIDIA is in the last of the line um, kind of manufacturing, right? Can you elaborate a little bit more for us, like for people that don't understand
2: how these, um, you know, semicon space actually works? Right, so, at the top of the chain, you have things like, uh, or, or rather companies, they say like TSMC, or you have, uh, maybe even somewhere a little bit further down will be like, uh, what's that called? World Foundry, Global Foundries, right? So, they take all these chemicals they take the certain uh mine uh, minerals and all that right they put it into all these kind of wafers Right, You can say it's a wafer fab and all that. Some it, it, you heard this term, so fabless and whichever. That means they don't use a fabrication plant. They source all these um, materials together and they just put them together. There's different ways to just produce a microchip, mm. right? That is uh, at the start of semiconductor. Really. But then all these microchips at the end of the day is going to be put onto a bigger piece or bigger slab of a microchip mm. by still being called a microchip, right? Mm. To all of us. Like, there's of course a technical term for it, but just generalizing here. So as you get further and further down the chain, you get into something that is looks more like a real product, right? Rather than something that comes out of the ground. No more chemical <laughs> already. Like. You don't look at like, your helium, boron, something, right? Yes. You, you, you also don't look at whichever, like, all already comes out. So down the chain, this gets into more and more use cases, right? They are being utilised like, by different parts of the world. There's also a uh, being used in the automotive industry. Mm. Things like your simple switch. On-off your ignition also. Uh, that one also is a very uh, simple analog switch, Right. But with your EVs and all that, right, there's more advanced use cases and because there is uh, electricity being used throughout the car, there's more ways to actually design around this also using the old analog systems, yeah. Mm. So that's also a part of Semicon, right? Semicon is also producing these kind of microchips for your refrigerator, right? Mm. For your camera, for your phone, right? And uh, other than this, all these other use cases, right, one part of this portion will go towards memory, Right? Storage of memory, right? You have your hard drive and your SSDs and all that. So all these are commonly, uh, what we commonly know as uh, just storage, right? So this is is just like flash storage or USB drives and all that. And then another portion will be, say, your compute. Uh, So for compute, right, uh, these are also a set of microchips, but it's designed specifically, right, for very fast processing of mathematical operations. Mm -hmm. So how is this mathematical operations being done in uh, CPUs, GPUs, right? it's basically a lot of zero and ones doing calculations. Mm. You flip the switch, something goes to zero or to one. You flip another switch, another part goes to one or zero. But a form of operators in a certain sequence or have certain patterns. Yeah, And the states are important to go in whole and to switch as fast as possible. And the more you can squeeze these kind of um, states, right, into a smaller space, it means you can do more computations on the fly. Mm. And that is why uh, this is very important for for games especially, as well as for, uh, let's say, your Bitcoin mining. Okay, so in in that sense, what are some
1: major things that we got to look out for? Okay, so I think that there are two things that's uh, happening in the market these days, right? One is um, that a lot of the low-level kind of chips, you know, uh, which are... The things that are, they go into your fridge, things that go into your car, those chips are not very high computational. They're very low level. Um, they're relatively high up the chain. Um, they, there's a shortage there. Okay, so there's a multiple reasons as to why there's a shortage. Apparently, one of the reasons that is being flouted out there is because further down the chain where NVIDIA is more at, these chips are priced much higher. So instead of producing the ones where the cars use, which are like very low level more of the production line are optimized to produce all the way down to where NVIDIA is or where, you know, like Intel or like AMD, where they are, you know, further down the line. Or or whether is it Apple M1, you know, all all those kind of chips, right? So that's one problem of shortage, um, which I I hope you can elaborate. And then the other part is about nanometer, right? So when people are investing in microchips or in semicons, you always hear this thing called nanometer, 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 you know, and it always sounds like an arm race, right? Uh, well, now this is 5 nanometer, 3 nanometer, then now I think IBM has a 2 nanometer rubbish that, <laughs>
2: that they are flouting. So can you uh, elaborate on these two things for us? Right, right, right. So let me like, talk about the nanometer part first, then I'll go into a bit about the first question. Nanometer refers to how much things you can squeeze within that amount of uh, space. So nanometer is like really, really small, right? If you already know a centimeter and then a millimeter, a nanometer is like even uh, way smaller than that. So we're talking about microscopic level, mm. right? So how many, um, say, the computation parts, right, can you squeeze into that nanometer, right, is essential. Because once you get to that level, right, you just have a lot of scale related to a certain use case. Mm. Yeah, so this is leads to the part about your first question, right? Like, why is the, the say, like, there's the a shortage and all that kind of time? You could, is it because of price or because of other reasons and all that? It depends on the use case, right? And uh, we also need to look at the different players that's in charge of uh, producing a lot of these uh, uh, semiconductor chips for these end-use cases, right? So these uh, semiconductor producers, say like TSMC, they are manufacturing the chips, right? They are doing everything possible, right? Automotive chips, they are doing like handphone chips, they are doing like microphone chips, anything you can name it, right? But all of this, right, needs to go through a certain kind of uh, flow, Right, a process. Right, you cannot possibly put hundred percent allocation, right, into just automotive. Like Yala, yeah okay lah. EV is a boom and all that kind of stuff. Like you want to allocate all your, you want to allocate your whole portfolio to EV, <laughs> man. You no, know, right, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, so in same case, same mm. case for a business. Um, they would diversify, also. They would spread it across, right? But of course, they have certain kind of R and D arms that they can apply onto this process, right, where they produce these uh, semiconductor chips. So this is where the nanometer comes in, right? Mm. How many of these production processors for certain end-use cases have these nanometer capabilities, mm. right? So they need to configure each of these processes, right? Because it's a certain sequence of steps, right, to in order to reach a certain microchip for end-user. Mm. So this needs to be very, very finely tuned. It's not something that can be changed overnight or even a course of a few months if they want to change a production line. Mm. So these things tend to be quite stable. Mm. Now, the why of uh, the semiconductors being a shortage is because suddenly, there, in my view, there is actually a high demand. There's a high demand for certain kinds of chips and there's just not enough of these uh, being able to produce, mm-hmm. right? On the foundries itself, on the, the, the manufacturers itself, mm-hmm. right? So, why is there a high demand? So, everyone's at home in COVID and all that, they want a computer, right? Yeah. They faster bright their fridge ready, store as much uh, vegetables and fruits as possible, right? <laughs> Your TV also, you want to upgrade. yeah. yeah. Everybody has
1: multiple devices these days. Right? And it's because at home, like what you said, more people are buying more, right?
2: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So from the demand side, there's a pull. There's a pool from the consumer side that I want more things, produce more for me. And TSMC is like, no, I'm like fully stretched here. Like, holy crap, how am I going to ramp up? So like, mm. okay, okay, if you really want me to ramp up, I have to raise my prices, mm. right? At the same time, right? Supply side of these manufacturers, right? They also suddenly say, hey, our contracts were usually quite consistent, right? You only ask this amount of chemicals, you only ask this amount of minerals. You suddenly ask for so much. uh? No, I'm going to raise my price, (laughs) right? So it's two sides. So supply side also like, hey, not enough. Mm. There's there's only so much things that we can pull from the earth, right? And then, yeah, that's it. Limit stretch really. So Mm. it's on two sides. uh. Basically, you see the prices increasing on the supply side as well as on the demand side. So it's a pull in both directions. And basically... Uh, TSMC, it could be a good and bad thing. Basically, they are in max capacity already. They are still trying to actually roll out more scalable ways to actually produce these microchips. Mm. But there's a maximum to it, right? It will take definitely this long to actually uh, address Mm. these kinds of uh, new use cases as well as the existing pent-up demand. Mm. Yeah. At the same time, your prices are already high. They already uh, raise your costs down the chain.
1: Fundamentally... What I'm hearing is that there's a very complicated supply chain. you don't really just amp up like just like oh, I want to amp up then just amp up like that right so essentially, there's a lot of high switching costs in this game, and we can talk about t s m c another day okay I think there's a lot there's a lot of discussion you know in this whole compute semicon space right, but so many players yeah so many players, so many guys in between nitty gritty I think the other day we had a live with the guys from Firo. We' were also talking about another player in this space, so there's so many things here. And so, if we move down the chain towards where Nvidia lives, right, where where they are in this business of GPU, what do they actually do then in their process, other than the sales portion? Like on the manufacturing line, help, help us get a bit of that color. You know, what do they do in this in this space?
2: Sure. So they have uh, certain R and D that they uh, they have ongoing for their certain products, which they use in gaming, for their uh, data centers, or like certain kinds of uh just mining workloads, right? But they know specifically already how to build it. So they're just ordering components from the manufacturers that fits well with their design. Mm. Yeah, they're not actually doing the the manufacturing. Maybe a little bit of assembling, yeah. Yeah, They're not doing the manufacturing of the chips. It's a little bit different. Mm. So when these are already, I would say, produced or or configured together and assembled by NVIDIA, these are ready-to-go GPUs that can be used, right, in other end use cases. It's just before it hits the final customer. Say like Amazon data centers, Mm. right? Or it could be a retail customer or maybe a distributor, your challenger, whichever, like here, okay, here are the new (laughs) GPUs. Please sell me the, 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 yeah. tell me how many people you can sell to. Mm. Mm. Or you'll be bugged by by the computer, computer manufacturers, right? Slot into the comms and then continue
1: to sell out. Okay, so, essentially, Nvidia sounds like a guy that is at the very, very end of the computing supply chain right before it gets to the customer. Who are their customers mm. then? Do they go into direct the
2: customer or like who do they actually sell to? Right, so they have different kinds of segments, right? Uh, maybe broadly, we can split them into the retail as well as the uh, business. Uh. So retail-wise, uh, it's just like uh, you and me, we, maybe we game a lot or we like mine crypto somewhere, right? So we buy these GPUs because we don't really know how to actually configure them. We don't know how to build them ourselves or so mm. so we have them we put them to a computer we say okay uh, this one fits our, our pc we just buy like okay la, i can play game ready Very happy right and <laughs> that is the that is and the and lay person like we really look at it like that right
0: wow it took a like very cool. No uh. yeah let's just use uh. this uh. <laughs> so that that's really how it works okay it's cool I and, like and you really
2: see a game that you like to play then it's like wow it needs this certain graphic requirements exactly oh right? my
0: god that irritates this. <laughs> every time there's this new game that's coming out and you want to play and then, you know, it's like, oh, it's not good enough. You got to upgrade your hardware
1: and and this is exactly where the upgrade your hardware comes in, right? Right,
2: mm-hmm. right, right. Mm. Even your Minecraft, your Fortnite, maybe your, okay, I don't know who plays Cyberpunk now, but maybe those who play Cyberpunk, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the graphics and all that are a certain level. Like, okay, mm-hmm. GTA, for example, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the graphics will upgrade a lot. Mm. You cannot use graphics cards, say like, from three years ago already. Mm-hmm. It, maybe you're playing on the lower setting. <laughs> exactly what sad, I was la. about to say. <laughs> yeah. But it's very but sad. No choice. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, yes.
0: Which is why gamers are so hardcore
1: when it comes to, you know, uh, buying the latest hardware product. And as gaming grow as a, as a tailwind, you know, this will potentially grow. And we can talk about this later. Okay, okay yes.
2: can Continue. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So these are your gamers. They will be one uh, segment of the customers. La. So really, these products are just designed, right, for games right but the underlying technology uh, which nvidia has assembled and uh, researched and developed right can also be used for compute workloads right so this will 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 lead to the other segment which is more for business uh, let's say for b2b so take for example aws right they have a huge uh, data center and uh, we're talk- talking about the, the storage part of it we're talking about the compute part of it yes yeah, storage right? is actually because, very cheap
1: uh, really today yeah, we can we can yep. talk about storage yep. another time. Yes.
2: Yep. Mm. So, so compute workloads. Basically, your your AI, your data science workloads, things that need to be done uh, on 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 the fly, right? Things that need to be computed on the fly, processed on the fly. Uh, say like a lot of workloads that needs computation. So AI la. any only kind of workloads needs that, mm. and tons and tons of gigabytes. I, I think uh this is is uh very very low in supply. So as much as possible, AWS is just like whatever you have, give me. Mm. Mm. GCP also same thing mm. Azure also same thing yes. right and nvidia is like the number 1 uh leading supplier if not by market share so i think it's about 90%
1: i think they yeah. almost called yeah. them they, they the just dominating space they are they are yeah, the only yeah. they're only real big boy you know it's 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 not like Two, three corner fight, they are the big guy. And then someone else is trying to like, mm-hmm. oh come in, come in like that. So they are they are the real, mm. real big guy. And and definitely we can talk about, you know, storage another time, but I just wanna take this time to kinda let people understand a little bit about the, the kind of computing space that we're looking at storage is essentially your hard disk right what people call hard disk where you just store your things and that has become a commodity a lot of people can produce and it's very very cheap today and then there's the intermediary which are like your RAMs right those are like doing shorter term mid term kind of computing level work right they're not as crazy as what uh, Nvidia uh, products are in you know but they're doing a lot of the, the middle you know which is like your motherboard and your, your CPU and, and all those guys are there right so essentially you tell amd they're doing a lot of those things there and nvidia is right at the very top which is all your high level computing needs which falls into gaming falls into like data center falls into mining is that is that how it is
2: yes yes exactly. ah, not
1: bad like, i know some things Ah,
0: okay very good yeah. ah, very good okay yes yes
2: but <laughs> mm. well, next time like you want to play a game and you say like oh you're you have insufficient uh, ram requirements right mm. uh ram refers to your your gpu Mm, yeah. If mm. not enough memory, which is uh oftentimes in today's world it shouldn't be the case, like you will always have enough uh, space. Yes. Yeah. But sometimes for technical folks, right, they refer to memory as the RAM. Because it's actually memory, it's a random access memory. Yes, RAM yes. is random. It's like access an intermediary memory. Memory. Yeah, That's the part kind of that's thing. Thing. correct, correct. So mm. that part does the, the sort of mini computation also. Yes, mm. yes, yes.
1: Uh not bad, Ah, huh? I got worked in a tech company before, so I kinda know a little bit, <laughs> but yes, yes. Cool stuff. Okay, so then if NVIDIA is already so dominant in the space, right? Like, what are some things that we got to look out for when we are looking at their business to try to understand where are they at? You know, what are the metrics you know, to be in this business where NVIDIA is in, which is
2: in uh, GPU? Mm, I think you have to look at the different segments which they are trying to actually uh, cater to. Uh, number one, say it's for gaming. It's not something related exactly to their company. Uh, say like Facebook, like active users of their platform and all that because pla- Facebook is very much a platform business, right? It's their own business. But gaming as a trend. So what are the metrics that actually matters most, right? Is things like, say number of people on the Discord. So Discord is where people actually do their live stream of the games, right? Really? You know people are actually playing, people are actually, yeah, 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 the support <laughs> of these kind of games. And you also know which games are, are trending the most, right? And based off that, you actually know the trend of where the games will also hit next, mm. definitely more higher power graphics. And what kind of games also? Is it a multiplayer mm. game? Is it say uh, really like MMORPG type of thing, mm. or is it more of like a, like a you you first person shooter? Or is it those kind of indie games you just jump jump hop around and well, not so much of, of the <laughs> GPU kind? No of. yeah, it, it could be the that. The
1: only game yeah. that I watch on Discord, <laughs> I don't know if I should say, is Tetris. <laughs>
2: Oh, hey
1: Tetris! Do you watch
2: it because of the game? No, because they, the... they they
1: damn cute. It's like two big like very grown men, right? Then are down there like they play that Tetris NES. You know like the, the, the very old traditional. So, so it's very funny and you know they 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 hype it. So it's quite cute lah, like very indie game. And then I kind of like the community in that way. And I can understand Tetris lah for mm. sure, but. But I get that the most of the guys that are playing the games or like streaming on Discord or do the Twitch, they are doing the very high power games, you know, exactly like what you say, where Activision is in, EA is in, you know, Epic Games, they're all in, in, that, in that in that space. So yeah.
0: Okay, but I never thought
1: that I should look at Discord as a metrics to understand the future of where Nvidia will go to.
0: That's
2: interesting. Because mm, the type of game matters. Mm. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit later. Say like, just just an example, right? Mobile gaming as compared to PC gaming. Uh, this is a big shift in itself already. Mm. Yeah, so you won't need a GPU on your mobile phone, right? Yeah, but you need the equivalent. Mm. Uh, so what is NVIDIA actually doing about that? Yeah, we can go into that later. Mm. But uh, just for some uh, numbers, uh, for perspective, we have uh, 2018 numbers compared to 2020. So 2018 was $26 million active Discord users, right? In 2020, it's 140 million. Wow. That's how many people are on Discord just watching live streams, right? Mm. But it's also the interest in a certain game. Mm,
1: mm. So
2: people, maybe they live stream also. I hope they are also playing the game lah at some mm, point. Mm. So <laughs> it's a proxy. It's a proxy. It's not a definite uh, number, uh, but we can kind of tell which kind of games people are most interested in. So other things also is, uh, we say YouTube, the number of gaming hours that is watched, right? Mm. It's 50 million. As compared to 100 million in 2020, uh, wow. that's double, wow. right? Mm. And then for esports, the the global audience of esports, say you watch your Dota competition or your League of Legends competition and all that, mm. uh, 2018 is 361 million, 2020 is 436 million, right? So not as big as a growth, but this is uh like a global audience, usually in a team sport, mm.
1: Yeah, yes.
2: But yeah, sheer numbers is is just increasing by a lot. And uh, Steam, Steam uh, is, is like this kind of gaming uh, marketplace that's yeah. in charge of I use uh, Steam. Like yes. distributing also Dota and all that. Yeah, okay. Mm. Half-Life mm. last time, mm. right? Counter-Strike, all the oldies. La. Uh, Team Fortress, right? 17 million 2018. In 2020, it's 25 million. Yeah, so all these definitely, there's a, you, you know, la. so gaming mm. is, is going upwards. So, but what matters most is that individually for these platforms or for these YouTube videos, for these esports, right? What's the game that's gathering the most attention? which is the ones that are being played the most. Because ultimately, this shapes how NVIDIA's core products are going to be used. But
1: but this is only the retail side of the business, which is selling to the end user of the gaming space, right? And yep. what, what is the percentage of their business like going here? And what is the percentage of their business going into the business side of like data centers and all that? Yeah, so
2: think- it's about, yeah, uh, say... is in gaming Mm. but uh, say like around 50% is also in data centers. The rest is is not very uh, significant but we see a lot more growth coming from data centers actually.
1: Mm. Why why is that so actually?
2: So the demand for all these workloads uh, by companies so uh, let's say the customer of AWS Azure or GCP right they want to do all their data science workloads right on the cloud and this is something that uh, GCP uh, all these cloud vendors I'll just categorize them they also have uh, trouble building up capacity, mm. right? So all this is just a continuous thing. Anytime you have supply of these GPUs, I buy. Mm. I don't care how much, I buy. Yeah. Mm. In fact, there's just uh, not enough uh, of these uh, GPU resources so throughout the whole world, right? It's only maybe given as a free trial uh, in, in, in Google for some time and all that. You think it's like it's a lot, right? Uh, actually, it's not. Yeah, you need a, a lot more than that. Mm. Uh, another thing is that the gaming part of it is also going to the cloud. Yes. Yeah, so instead of needing all these uh, being processed onto your computer, you actually don't need that uh, high quality of a GPU anymore. You just need a decent display right, and a fast internet connection, which is also where the rest of these uh, telco industries are going towards. So the shift towards these data centers right, is a lot more other than just the workloads, but it's also because of the gaming part of things. Mm. Yeah, there's a gaming added component uh, to their existing workloads. Yeah. Nice. Which is
1: why whenever people talk about Nvidia, there's always this discussion about the game, game, game future. Is, is that kind of is kind of where it is? Because there's a lot, a very big overlap, even at the secondary level, where the data centers are expanding, they're also trying to serve this high computing need, you know, gaming space and uh, the the crypto space. Essentially, that's kind of where where we are seeing, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's that's very very cool. And what what are their numbers then? How have they grown? Over these few years, it sounds like they are the only, the, almost the only guy in this space. And it sounds like their products are highly, highly sought after. Like, you open shop no more, you open shop no more. <laughs> it's like, how, how are they doing from a financial standpoint?
2: So, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, Revenue-wise, uh, we have numbers from 2021 and then uh, 2020, we're comparing uh, uh based off now versus last year. So... Now it's sixteen point seven billion versus ten point nine billion. It's a fifty-three percent growth.
1: Over one year.
2: Over one year. What the hell? (laughs) Okay, 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 that's a crazy, crazy growth. The largest contributor to this, right, was a shift towards data centers. It became the single most single largest driver of the gross margin improvement. Single most.
1: Yeah. Nice. Meaning with just that one. Meaning in the past, hmm. most of their clients come from gaming. And then over this one year because the data centers were buying so much from them, it made their margins better and they essentially grew by 50%. That's kind of what I'm hearing.
2: Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So so for some context, uh, the revenue by segment, gaming was uh, 5.5 billion, then it became 7.8 billion. It's a 41% increase, right? Oh. Data centers, say, for 3 billion, it grew to 6.7 billion. So the growth is 125%. And it's still growing on that kind of, of, of like annual growth rates. Uh, yeah. mm. So... It's a, it's a bit ridiculous. The rest of the other segments is, is uh, the other miscellaneous stuff. I mean, it's still contributions, <laughs> contributing some things. Uh, like, pro-visualization. So, people that still use like, your, your very advanced uh, 3D, AutoCAD, that kind of stuff, right? They also mm-hmm. need certain ways to, to compute. Uh, and, of course, automotive. Yeah, but automotive has actually been declining. Um, although we, we, we think, like hey, automotive is EV, what? right? But when you think of it, right, NVIDIA is at the end of the chain of all these semiconductors. Right, and they are only focusing on these uh, processing units. Mm. So why do you need one on the auto side of things? Mm, mm. Not yet, lah. Maybe the AI haven't come to the auto yet. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> we're we're not at that level yet. But in the future, I think yep. with with the whole BlackBerry,
1: QNX, and you know the whole EV growth and multi-feature requirement, you know, sync to all these way weird things that you want to sync to, mm. sensory between multiple cars and hardware on the on the road. Yeah, then maybe by then we'll need this kind of very high-level processing. But essentially, mm. is that a legacy business of NVIDIA? Maybe that's where they started and then, and then they, it, now they are in, in this corner where they are at the GPU level and they have found their footing here. So one of their legacy business was auto and then they are cutting
2: it. Is that kind of what it is? Mm, actually, not really so much of legacy. More like uh, along the way, they did some R&D. They found mm. that there's some applications in, in mm. uh, 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 auto because they have a few, uh, I would say, joint ventures or partnerships with a few of the leading um, auto auto manufacturers. Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, uh, SAIC. SAIC is a Chinese uh, uh, car manufacturer for all these EVs. Uh. So basically, they also have the notion like, other than electrifying the vehicles, also having the AI component. But, uh, it was a little bit hyped up uh, when they initially <laughs> uh, 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 went on this JV thing. Uh. It's like, oh, EV. Yeah, Yo, EV whoa. will have AI from the start. <laughs> right? but, but it's only actually Tesla that has a has a really um, strong uh, and robust AI that can handle uh, automated driving. Mm. Uh, the rest is still pretty semi-auto and all that. I would say there's a lot more that can be uh, hitting Tesla's level today. But back then when they started it, right, they were thinking like, oh, AI is going to be at the front of the car already. Right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be there already. Like Let's put mm. our GPUs there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now uh, we see this decrease because uh, that's not really happening. Um, the electrification is still ongoing. Uh, you, you still have to make the, the existing fleet lighter, you still have to make the existing fleet um, running on more efficient batteries first mm-hmm. before you even start to put uh, GPUs which guzzle so much energy in the first place. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: So then,
1: um, with that as the premise, we are not discounting the future growth of this segment. It's just that at this moment in time, NVIDIA is not focusing on it also because the market may not be ready. Is that is that what I'm hearing?
2: yeah 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 totally okay, totally okay that's cool that's cool so it's like on the way there okay let's park it there uh, mm-hmm. when the time comes maybe the technology changes or anything yeah. you can either adapt to it or we can acquire someone who can
1: okay <laughs> okay that's cool that's cool nice nice so what what about their cost margins those kind of stuff
2: right right so cost has also been increasing but not as fast uh so it's 6.2 billion compared to 4.1 billion so that's a 50% increase. Uh.
1: Wow, okay.
2: So okay. this this also needs to to have a lot of uh, shift towards the uh, data centers type of workloads and a lot of R and D also are going towards say like these kind of Bitcoin mining uh mm. use cases, as well as really just optimizing uh for their future needs. Uh. Yeah. Mm.
1: When when you talk about costs going up, is it because uh, the material costs are going up? Like like what you said, like, you know, uh, because there's a there's an increased need uh, globally across all the different sectors, so then the suppliers increase their price, that's why it's coming up on their end, or are they investing their money, you know, into optimizing supply chain, creating all these other things, and all those things then factor into their
2: cost? Is that, you know, do you have an idea what's happening here? Hmm, so actually I didn't do an analysis into the actual cost for NVIDIA, but... From what I read inside your filing is that actually a part of this was R&D related.
0: Mm, mm, mm.
1: Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, R&D is always a big cause. Lah. And it's always like the kind of cause where if you're not in the space, it will be a very big question mark for you. You don't understand what's going on, you know. But <laughs> as long as you're in tech, I think you can easily factor 5 to 10% into R&D uh, so that you can continue to, to grow and grow and grow and grow.
2: Okay, that's mm. cool. Because, yeah, yeah co- Costing-wise, uh, for an uh, end of the value chain kind of uh, producer, right, you're also using a lot of people's parts. And sometimes when you use these parts, right, you need to pay royalties. Mm. So the more that you actually sell, the more also you have to fork out lah, in order to pay these people the royalties. Yeah, so yeah. examples like Qcom. Yeah, Qualcomm um, has a Qualcomm, lot of components Qualcomm, all the Apple, rubbish. Everywhere. Yes,
1: yes. They have a lot of licensing, yeah, yeah. A lot of
2: licensing <laughs> patent
1: patent issues that they are coming along with. So yeah, mm-hmm. you have to pay them, right? Essentially, because like like what you said, they are end of the chain. Okay, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's good to know. That's good to know. But then does that mean that Nvidia itself, do they actually have all these technological advantages then? You know, because if they have all these people midstream that is, you know, have all these patents and they're blocking, you know, essentially they, they own all these like IP. What about NVIDIA? Do they own a lot of IP also? And you know, how, how
2: are they protecting themselves in this technology space? Sure, sure, sure. They have tons of patents also. So mm. uh, it doesn't mean that um, they use someone else's patent inside their own patents. It means that uh, they, they, anyone else can also produce. Because uh, that is just, a, a, it's just one way to go and configure their own product, right? But they have done it so well. They have invested so much into R&D from last time until now already. That is their mode, actually. Yeah, rather than something that is uh, that works against them. Yeah, so so um it's super super complex. Uh, uh, everyone just thinks, like, oh, just chip money, know, right? Just slot in, right? Done. There's there's a lot more work to it. <laughs> there's a lot more things that you need to go optimize and how you even um, say for the first time, now They they ask, hey, they go to uh, uh, TSMC. They say, hey, I need you to go and design this kind of chip, right? In this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. No other way. I only want this way. And TSMC is like, what the heck? Why? No, I know. I don't ask questions. I just want to build this way. Mm. <laughs> Imag- imagine that was the first conversation that NVIDIA had to TSMC. And mm. TSMC said, okay lah, I build la. You pay me this much. Okay, done. Okay, yeah. okay. And then based off that, is that, they were the first ones to go and do it this way. Right? AMD, uh, which is uh, uh, another competitor NVIDIA, right? Doesn't come close in terms of their compute. Doesn't come close in terms of their efficiency also. Yes. So this is the way, way, way high advantage, right? Which they have amongst... Uh, competitors in terms of product also. Mm. So that is a mode, yeah. So once they say, okay, we already ordered TSMC at like that right. Now we have ongoing relationship. Help me to configure it in such a way right that we can also uh, produce uh, a slightly more uh, efficient power usage. That's all, right? Mm. But this becomes part of their design inside Nvidia. It becomes part of their patents also, mm. yeah. For TSMC, they can hold the the IP of how to make it, right? But at the end of the day, the end product and all that, right, is going to be helped by Nvidia. Yeah, mm. TSMC just produce. Yeah, I know how to produce the chip in this way. Okay, I have no idea how to use it, mm. and it's not my business also. So I rather focus on the process, the manufacturing, the, the maybe their own portion of the assembly line and all that. Yeah, mm. Nvidia, you settle your own.
1: Nice, nice. It's good to know, good to know. And by the way, for everybody that don't know, TSMC is a uh, Tai Chi Dian, okay? So that's uh, a <laughs> Chinese uh, Taiwanese company, okay. We can talk about that another time. Are there any other things that we should uh, look out for in their financials? I think that
2: that uh for, for those that like, um just don't like to 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 look at at, at people at, at owing money and all that kind of stuff, it has been growing. La. So something to be a little bit alarmed, say like it's seven billion compared to two billion last time. Yeah, so definitely, as their revenues have increased, uh, they've also uh, increased their debt load, but uh, not to worry because they can pay this off at any time or so. They have just tons of cash or so. but it has increased uh, uh more than their, uh, say, their free cash flow uh, for for mm-hmm. the current period. So something you might want to be alarmed about, but uh, with their current growth rates, may or may not be an issue depending on your preference.
1: It's good to know. Okay then. That's it for financials. Okay, so we, we, we get a broad idea of what do they do and what are their financials looking like. Then what about the team behind it, right? It's always about the team, especially when we're in this fast growth space.
2: Right, so the CEO, uh, Jensen Huang, he is also the initial founder. He started NVIDIA in, in 1993, until now. And wow. he's been helping it ever since, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so this guy is, is just uh, been there since the start. La. Engineering background. Right, but also knows how to manage people, knows how to reward them, incentivize. Also knows how to 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 run a whole engineering uh, works la. Yeah, and just really getting the right people to build uh, Nvidia's products as well as lead the R and D teams.
1: Do you realize all the big CEOs, major most of them in the semiconductor space are Chinese people? <laughs> <laughs> Nvidia, AMD, TSMC. I think they're all Chinese people. If I remember wrongly, so <laughs> you see where we're heading towards, huh? yeah, the the a lot of the manufacturing lines are in Asia, alright. So I think that's uh, that's prob- that's you know something there, and uh, a lot of engineers are are Asian. I don't know. I don't know. Just random, random thought, random recognition. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> <you> budding engineers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, continue to <laughs> strive hard. You can be the next yeah. CEO. Yes. Yeah.
2: Nice. But Jensen
1: Huang is uh is Taiwanese also. Taiwanese, yeah. yeah. Mm. Exactly. YTSMC, Huh. Wing-wing, wing-wing. Wing-wing. Great, great trust of their own people. It's very normal, right? At Japanese companies, they go abroad. They hire Japanese for top roles. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very normal. There's a lot of heritage and nationalism in, in all these kind of hiring process. Okay, so, so founder-led company. That's,
2: that's, that's, yes. uh, that's
1: important. Okay, in my view, I like founder-led companies because founders have a bigger drive beyond money, beyond compensation. They are the ones that shape this company from scratch. Uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. my personal bias for founder-led companies, yes. Yeah. 28 years in the company, can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Yeah. There must be a oh, yeah. big reason oh. why
2: he continues to do that. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's good to know.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Then uh, a NVIDIA found fellow, uh, basically he's also one of the co-founders, but taking in charge of the very heavy engineering and the... And the uh, tech side of things in the Nvidia. La. So the background of uh, this person, his name is Chris Malak Malak. I might mess up his name like his name is Chris. Malakovsky. So right? sounds like a
1: Russian. Malakowski. I don't know. Or oh, oh, <laughs> sound like sound like, like uh West Western European or Eastern European.
2: Uh, yeah. But okay, definitely a cool guy. <laughs> he yeah. has a really very strong background. Uh, mm. so he had uh, engineering and tech leadership positions at HP, Hewlett Packard, back uh, mm. uh, back then when it was cool. Then uh, same <laughs> microsystems. <laughs> back, back
0: then, when it was cool,
2: <laughs> yes, there was then. a period, right? HPs mm. were selling like hotcakes, really, exactly, really, exactly, yeah. and and that's yeah, the that that's, that
1: exactly, and that's the reality of this business, you know, uh, in the micro in the microchip or even just in the hardware computing space, right? It's an arms race, right? Everybody is competing, and you know for a period of time this guy will be doing better and then someone somewhere will hire some crazy geek and then they will be able to develop something even better and then they will outpace this other person so It's it's quite a mm. cycle in the, in this space so mm. totally mm-hmm. get the whole idea HP used to be a thing now it's like huh HP it's
2: like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so the tech is not aligned with the management side of things. Management they just decide, oh, I wanted to go in a different direction. And then that's it. You may have a fantastic product, but say the marketing was not good, the execution was not good and all that. So really, yeah, definitely the management matters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, so, uh, okay, this guy also, he worked at uh, Sun Microsystems. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Sun Microsystems was also where Bill Gates worked last time. Yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. of other, other tech founders with some background at Sun Microsystems. Uh. So I'm not sure what they learned there or what they built together there, but it seems there's to be like the, the, that place where all the zai all come out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, that was the
1: place. Grow. That was the place. Now it's the Google. Mm. All the, all, mm-hmm. now is the Google and the Alibaba right where you, where you graduate from Google and Alibaba and then your investors will be like okay Ken I invest in you so back then <laughs> during the Bill Gates era that would be the Sun Microsystems huh. right, that's
2: cool. so 40 patents to this guy's name wow individual mm. patent wow that's cool that's very very cool
1: really really attacking and it's extremely important in this business right it's like you run a retail business you need someone in merchandising that very very understands this space when you're in this hardware business you need someone that is really an engineer and fully understands the space if not it's very hard to have an edge right so that's very good to know that we have someone like that mm. in the team
2: mm-hmm. then we have uh, Colette Cress. so she's the EVP and the chief financial officer of NVIDIA so she joined since 2013 Um, And her background was spanning a few major tech companies, right? Uh, 25 years in total, right? Uh, So, some background. Previously, uh, before NVIDIA, she was the Senior Vice President and the CFO also at Cisco. So, uh, under the Business Technology and Operations uh, Finance Organization. Yeah. So, for Cisco, it's like the Cisco Systems. Not your Cisco Police. uh, It's the Cisco (laughs) Systems.
1: The very big uh, telecommunication uh, producer. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes, yes. So, before, before Zoom was cool, there was Cisco. Not yeah, your yeah, Cisco police, Yeah. Not your Cisco security. Yes. You, you know why? They, the Cisco police, they were forced to change their name to Cisco because of this. Oh, really? This, yes, yes. There was a mix-up with the Cisco technologies and the mm. uh, Cisco police. Nice, so, they changed nice. to Cisco after that. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. Yeah, they're, they're not as cool, <laughs> like, anyway. But, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: And then, uh, she also had a background in Microsoft. So, 13 years there. And then also four years as a CFO uh, for that server and tools division inside uh, Microsoft. Uh, and mm. so doing a bunch of other stuff. La. And way before that, she was at Texas Instruments. Yeah. So TI mm. was also another place where, where a lot of yes. these uh, tech uh, leaders also came out from. Yeah. Yes. So really yes. good management, really good practices.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's very good. Like all, Almost all of them have very deep knowledge in this space. And they all come from previous companies where... They are old. actually a lot of these companies whether it's Texas Instruments, Sun Microsystem, Cisco they are still very big players in in their game right they they maybe not as big as back then because now they are like more interesting and, and bigger ones coming up and or in the space already but they are still very very um, dominant in the space of uh, semicons and all these kind of stuff so it's it's good to know that the team is filled with people with such experience yeah is there any other notable figures in the space in in their management.
2: Yeah, there's Jay Puri. He's a, another EVP, but in charge of Worldwide Field Operations. So, Worldwide Field Operations is basically your global sales and regional marketing. Important. Yeah. So, other, yeah, other than it's uh, like, oh, yeah. NVIDIA tech company, you have someone that's really yeah. marketing all yes. these products, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, he joined in 2005. So, that's some time ago. It's not someone that just stay here, oh, I market already, then I talk, I right? Mm. He's been there since uh, for quite some time already. So, 16 years Prior, it uh, was 22 years at Sun Microsystems. 22 years! Yeah, Is maybe some of the viewers' uh, lifetime already, right? Yeah, That's his yeah. career at Sun Microsystems before he joined NVIDIA. Yeah.
1: Crazy, crazy.
2: So he did sales marketing there, general management also. Yeah, <laughs> then he held uh, several roles before that uh, at marketing, management consulting, broad development positions at uh, HP, Booz & Allen, and also Texas Instruments. Nice, nice.
1: I can see where they're hiring, uh. I can see where they're hiring. uh, Alumni. uh, All the alumni. But it's important. I think uh, a lot of people that are not in this space, they don't understand the importance of even for a salesperson to be in this ecosystem. Because in this ecosystem where um, a lot of your sales processes are extremely uh, centralized, you know, there are very big distributor chains, you know, in this space, it's not a it's not a direct to customer one to one sales kind of thing. There are a lot of distributors in this ecosystem where they sell to their local merchandisers, local distributors, or you know there's a lot of uh, big buyers in this space. So if you are not in this space, you don't have the relationship. You you have not cultivated this whole process. You know it's it's um it's something to to look out for. La. So I, I think it, it's great that mm. they have someone that's done you know, all these years of sales in the space of semicons. And of course, it's not always the same, you know, like from memory to processing to GPU to all these different, different things that they sell. But as long as you're in the space, your connections can be pivoted along. Uh, so I think that's, that's extremely important. It's good to know right right right
2: i mean i mean the list goes on man yeah this is just a running list of of just very like world-class talent just world-class talent
1: cool cool interesting Mm. good to know that the company is hiring from (laughs) all the alumni is uh, all the alumni is important so then given Mm. given such a team and and where they are at right how do you see the business going forward like do they have very strong modes you know because they are dominant in this space but can they continue to be dominant i think that's also a very important question
2: yeah, I think they are quite secure until the midterm. Long term, I'm still a little bit unsure. Okay, so here's some reason why. For data center, it's quite secure. So it's 97% market share of the data center GPU computing, right? And all these resources are is being used by the Fortune 100 companies. Fortune 100 companies, right, are not going to go away anytime soon, mm. right? Uh, and 97% market share is, is also very, very high la, for data centers. They are also not going to phase out so much of that compute resource right, so quickly. Right? As much as possible, uh, if it's reliable, it stays there. And then they will only upgrade it when the time calls for it. Yeah, But there are cheaper ways to actually expand their skill rather than just buying more uh, uh land and all that kind of stuff. It's by actually working with the same supplier and making sure that they R&D to optimize it, then just swap out. So uh, it's the point where the market follows what NVIDIA proposes right now. Yeah, So they do have that kind of influence. Yeah, And because the products are also very, very high quality, you mm. don't see AMD being heard much, right? Being used in data centers. I guess it's, it's, it's some really chapalang one, lah, but you wouldn't want to use it, right? Mm. So only the three big names are in, in the cloud today. It's basically your Azure, your AWS, your GCP, right? Mm. Anything other than that, then you, you think already, okay, lah. second tier... Cheaper, but I'm not so sure about the quality or consistency, the data security and other kind of stuff also.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's good to know. It's, um, how mm. are they planning to scale their business then? Is it just about like... Because, okay, what, what I'm hearing here is they are already capping their supply. That means they're maxing out their supply already, right? So are they going to be investing more you know, in, in supply chain to, to be able to produce more? Or are they going to be raising their prices? Or is there some light as to how are they going to scale, continue to scale their business?
2: Right, right. I think it's to do with more of uh, how they are addressing the shifts in the trends. So earlier on, we talked about uh, gaming, right? Moving to the cloud. That's one. And another is that the AI is being needed to be run on the device itself rather than in the cloud, right? And we also, this is a little bit inverse, right? Gaming is going to the cloud. AI, in some use cases, is going to the, uh, to the device level itself. So that term we call as edge computing at the edge, lah, right? Mm. So you compute at the edge. That, that's basically the, the hyped up name that Gartner uses. Okay, so <laughs> with this edge computing, right, and gaming going to the cloud, that's like the inverse of what uh, their current GPUs for gaming or for the automotive side is actually doing. Right, mm. but for now we still see the gaming is uh, being in high demand. Right, people are still playing PC games and all that, but we don't know for how long. And mm. we already know for mobile games, right? That's becoming more and more of a, a, a trend. Really, it's becoming a, a a common thing. Right, people on the yes. way back from home, even people at home and all that, they don't switch on the PC to play games. They play mobile games instead. Right, yes. and these mobile games also they either need the AI on the device itself or the graphics and the AI can be on the cloud itself. Yes. In either case, right, Nvidia doesn't address that well yet. If it's in the mm. cloud, probably, but it's quite indirectly because it goes through your, your cloud vendors, your cloud providers, right? Yes. It's not uh, Nvidia themselves, so it's not something that they can exactly bank on, right? Mm. But they know that they are the, the key supplier la, for these data centers. So fine, yeah. But what if la? What if right? Yeah. So just because playing the, a because, bit of uh, yeah. Mm. Because the big
1: three game developers, uh, EA, Activision, and Take Two. You know, uh, other than the Chinese market, these are the big three game developers. They are all going mobile. They all have some sort of division, you know, that is focusing on mobile. And you see their mobile game division um, putting more capital in, developing more franchises in the mobile game space. So. If you want to talk about information, they probably got the most information out there in terms of like where is consumption coming from, what is the future of gaming, and their activity will also shape the game space, right? So exactly like what you said, maybe you know they are, like Nvidia is doing very well now because a lot of there's still a lot of high computing need in the PC game space or the console game space, which requires a lot of these kind of high computing. Uh, requirements, but if, let's say, gaming, because it's such a big business in Nvidia, if it shifts more and more over time towards mobile, lesser and lesser people using big consoles, then maybe, you know, they they definitely have to keep up with this and it will affect their core business.
2: Right, right, right. And you need a GPU of a certain size also because where it's supposed to fit in these edge computing uh, cases or even on your mobile phone. Okay, like, like can you imagine on your on your phone and then you just slot a huge GPU? no way right? That's not gonna work. It's gotta be <laughs> small. It's gotta be really really small. Yes, uh, yes, and something that is is efficient also so it doesn't heat up so fast. Then your hand doesn't get burned and your battery doesn't get uh, uh used up so quickly. So all this is the same kind of needs right for auto, for your edge devices. Or even for IoT. So IoT is Internet of Things. Your sensors and all that. Your AI is going to go onto the sensor itself already. Yeah. So how does Nvidia actually address this then? Right. So uh, biggest way or they can address it one shot is acquisition. So you might have heard of uh, uh, at Nvidia uh, trying to acquire uh, ARM. Mm. ARM. Yeah. So what is ARM, Arm? is big, big, big. Mm. Mm. So, ARM is is basically, the um, it's like a processor, right? So, if you compare that to, say, Intel, right? Intel, you say like, you always hear this low Intel inside because that's your processor, right? On your motherboard inside your PC powering everything mm-hmm. in some sense. Like, it's just your, your brain, like, right? Mm-hmm. But it does more than that also. It does a lot of uh, the computations, right? And for ARM specifically, it's their architecture. They did yes. it so well, right, that... Uh, even uh, Apple's, uh, the, the new chip. version of the Mac yes. that comes out, yes, the M1 chips, right, is based off that architecture. And uh, they're just moving off Intel altogether. So mm. Apple's not going to pay royalties to Intel. Uh, Apple's just going to say like, okay, we're just going to use the ARM architecture. We're just going to build it ourselves uh, for less cost and all that. Now, yeah. if NVIDIA really gets the acquisition, right, without all these antitrust uh, lawsuits ongoing, <laughs> if, if they manage to pass it, la, okay, mm. this is a very, very big boost for them. Because yes. one is that, yeah, la, free, free business, la. Apple, mm. whatever device you sell, I'm also going to get a cut of it, right? But, but the second part of it is that for ARM's architecture, right, if you think about it, when it's being used inside the M1 chip, it's being used in very small devices already. It's not just in your Mac or your MacBooks, it's also in your iPhones, right? Mm. And in that form factor already, it can actually power games very well with such a very, it's such a good uh, efficiency to energy ratio, like, and the heat disbursement. So it's just phenomenal. Yeah, there's a lot nice. of YouTube videos on it you can go watch, but uh, everyone is like shocked, like, what the heck? Like, this thing doesn't even have a fan and it can mm. power my game. Like, I'm so shocked. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, ARM is amazing. It made, <laughs> yes.
2: It's, it's crazy stuff. It's really, really big technological breakthrough. Like, so. so, if NVIDIA is able to get their computing portion, right, over into ARM's architecture, that is phenomenal, right? Then it mm. solves their problems like with just one shot already. Yeah. But of course, mm. this takes R&D time. This also means yeah. that the acquisition needs to come through first.
1: For sure, for sure. For, I think a lot of people don't understand, uh, may not be able to understand ARM right from the get-go, but like we've talked about it throughout this whole discussion about, you know, uh, licensing, IP, licensing, IP. You know, you have this structure that you've created and then you license it and then, you know, other people, if they want to use it, they have to pay you royalties. So ARM just does that. Every day they are thinking about how to make it better, how to make it better, how to make it better. And then they will license this whole process, how to get how to how to get things done, where to put what, you know, and, and they just do that. And they are actually at the very, 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 very top of this game of ideating and creating the best computer chips out there. Alright. So they don't own the manufacturing line, they don't produce. They just think of how to do it. And then they license to whoever they want to produce. And almost right. everybody in this space use some sort of ARM license. Definitely one, right? So for NVIDIA to, if they can actually own ARM, which is currently owned by SoftBank. Is it? Or is it Alibaba? Currently owned by Softbank, SoftBank, right? Yes. It's actually a UK company, by the way. So owned by SoftBank now, if they can buy and NVIDIA can own this, then hey, this can potentially become a thing. But exactly like what Thomas said, it is not a definite kind of thing. They still have to develop and they have to come come together to see market fit into the future, right? And also because now Mm. there's a lot of antitrust problems um, because NVIDIA is a very big player and if they want to own ARM, then they essentially dominate, you know, a lot of the ideation and the creative market in this, um, you know, semi space. So I think there's a lot of discussion there. So weather can go through, that's another thing.
2: Yeah, it is the antitrust ones is actually uh, being felt by the industry players. Actually, it's not yeah, so much yeah. about coming from government. So we, we also <laughs> see the validity of these claims, uh. Yeah. So yes, a big one yes. will be Qualcomm, right? Because mm. once this acquisition goes through, the R and D part is already settled, and then they manage to merge these uh, ARM architecture as well as the GPU mm. together, right? There's no need for Qualcomm. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's like just getting into into your business, right? Yeah, like, Big time. Yeah, yes. and and also the M1 chip, right? it's also a very, very big boost, right, to data centers. Mm. Yeah. So imagine that now your data centers just guzzle tons and tons of energy, right, because of the cooling requirements and also because of the electricity yeah, just to run the thing. Um, with M1, right, this cost is just reduced dramatically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Say like minimum, uh, at least 20%. Minimum. Nice, 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 yeah. nice. So
1: that, that's the power. And I love how while well, we're talking about Nvidia, right, we're talking about all these other guys also. Because you cannot look at Uh, Semicon companies, or you cannot look at NVIDIA in isolation. You must really see all these other things. And I'm sure over time we can keep exploring all the companies that we're talking about and then, you know, give people an even more solid idea about what is going on in this space. But at the base itself, NVIDIA is definitely leading where they are in GPU, you know, which is something that is extremely used in modern-day computing, whether is it from gaming or whether is it in the data center, to process very high-level stuff. And they are also you know, innovating on other things and potentially trying to acquire so that they can continue to extend their mode. I think that's the base idea where we are at, okay? So then, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sum up, what are some of the headwinds? What are the tailwinds in this business? What is the
2: opportunity for, for NVIDIA? Right, I think a large portion is the is coming from the, from the cloud. I think that is, is uh, going to stay. The, the, the tech trend for companies and all that, all the workloads are going to be processed in the cloud. Um. Even storage of data, some sensitive data, so it's going to be stored on the cloud. The the cloud vendors have already have certain SLAs is ready, and uh, it's just, it's quite secure la. It's just whether your manager or whoever's approving understands these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they don't understand, say no. Everything is going to sit on premise. It's going to sit on your hard drive or something. Then uh, too bad. Yeah, but that is going to be a minority of cases. Really going forward, mm-hmm. at least in the Sounds next five like years. The military start. here. <coughs> uh,
0: intranet
2: (laughs) (laughs) private private companies also private beauties I get it (laughs) it's disturbing
1: (laughs) (laughs) internal circulation ah, this uh, thing cannot uh, circulate (laughs) outside ah. (laughs) so other
2: other, other tailwinds right would be um, so more autos more edge computing uh, use cases this one is really towards the tail end but it's definitely something that is really coming you see the wave coming right now it's just can we match up the technological progress right, to reach there faster? Yeah, it's not so much of a matter of a, a, a if, it's a when really. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course, this is, has to do with COVID also. So it's, it's, it's affecting some R&D efforts on both NVIDIA side as well as the, the compute sitting on these edge devices. Uh, but definitely something in the long term that we can, we can look forward to. Headwinds. Yeah. So some of the, the, the possible barriers or things that may slow down in media so nothing's stopping Apple from producing their own chips as well. Mm. Right? I mean, they so already do they, M1. So yes. And they already do M1, right? Yes. So what's stopping Apple from also supplying these data centers themselves? Mm. Or building their own data center? Yeah, it's, it's definitely data Apple has their own data center. Yeah, right? It's mm. just that they don't open it up to the public. But you say, hey, maybe one day like your Apple Cloud, right, becomes literally Apple Cloud, right? Versus mm. all your other cloud vendors already. Then you have a fourth player. Yeah, mm. it's very possible. Because mm. now your your GCP, your Azure, and, and your 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 um, AWS, right? They are the incumbents. They are building things off old technologies. You can even see it like Nvidia. Oh, uh, uh, it's very high tech, very computing, and that it's going to be considered old technology soon. Once these things actually merges, yeah. So very very fast. The technolo- technological pace is just phenomenal. Mm. And, and Apple can just start out from fresh, right? They just start with a new, totally new design for a data center, totally new design of how to rack them, how to do the ine- efficiency storage, energy, and all that kind of stuff. Floating data center, no problem mm. also. Instead of Don't just floating solar panel.
1: Exactly. Don't forget that Apple has a lot, a lot, a lot of cash.
2: For a yes. very long time, for
1: years, investors have been asking Apple, why are you not spending... Right, so they have so much money sitting around, they're not giving back to their investors, but they're also not doing mass acquisition. They're not really growing in any places, you know, double down like the other fang guys. You know. But now, mm. you see the potential, you know, and they are playing around with some of these things. So that, that's a very interesting um, headwind that, that potentially can happen. Yeah, It's good to know.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Also, uh, nothing also stopping uh, tech-driven auto companies, say like Tesla, Right, mm-hmm. stopping them also from producing their own AI's uh, compute ability on their auto, on the cars. So there is actually this roster which Nvidia works with, right? Uh, in terms of the auto automobile manufacturing, Tesla's not inside because Tesla's mm-hmm. doing their own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mercedes Benz, Volvo, SAIC, they don't have this capability. They don't know how to build Semicon. right? Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to be tapping on Nvidia. So this is a boon for them, right? Mm-hmm. But if you see Tesla as like the leader they've really solved automated driving, right? Like, pat down. The first one to do it. They are the first ones to actually configure the energy to efficiency ratio very, very well for, for cars. The first also. They might be the first also for the, the automated driving. Like, H, If you consider that like as the first edge computing uh, uh, um, use case. And they can probably even streamline down to the other kinds of use cases. Tesla might not be just a car company anymore. It might be mm. something else. Yeah, we can talk about this another time. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But, I'm sure a lot of people yeah, want to hear your thoughts about Tesla. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it's not it's not a crazy thought, you know, because uh, us mm. say last time SpaceX people thought like, hey, can launch and then land back by itself one. Huh? See <laughs> Yeah, mm, mm, it's mm, like mm, now mm. it's like happening on a free, what, monthly by monthly basis. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah. <laughs> this this becomes a normaly. Yeah. The but technological we can discuss about. So I can bring a good friend
1: that is in the rocket space to talk about SpaceX another time, right? And because he said that the biggest problem in SpaceX is not the rocket, but the fuel. The fuel is, is like airplanes, right? Airplanes are, you know, no matter how efficient you build the airplane, the varying cost is fuel, not the planes anymore mm. because it's already very efficiently built. So, you know, that, mm. that, is the, that is a very, very interesting angle from the people in the space. And we can talk about, you know, uh, people in the space, you see? All the space people ooh, always ooh, got this ooh. pun. <laughs> we can talk about that another time. Yes, good stuff. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so NVIDIA's headwinds are uh, uh, as such. Are we concerned about their competitors? Are we concerned about their competitors? Because they are not, not living not on all. an island. they They are not
2: okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> not so very,
2: very far. Um, um, okay, for, for, first one, uh, you, you do a review between AMD and NVIDIA. Let's say for gaming or NVIDIA uh, versus AMD in uh, uh, cloud computing. Mm. Just The reviews are bad for AMD. Yeah, so mm. it doesn't do deep learning very well. Deep learning is a type of, of artificial intelligence uh, workload. Uh, it doesn't do it very well. So... Um, it's either slow or it's just not efficient. It's not maximizing its true resource potential. So engineers are looking into it. It's like, what the heck is AMD doing? Yeah, it's like, don't, I don't want to look at this anymore. Just use NVIDIA. La. It's, it's like mm. that already. The, the switch is so fast, right? Mm. It mm. also doesn't do 3D rendering well. So mm. for your games, for your visualization uh, kind of workloads for, for and all that, right, it doesn't do it well already. So this is the base thing that you need to get right. I'm not sure why, but uh, something is happening inside AMD that is, is, is not... It's not seen in NVIDIA. La. That's why NVIDIA is, is, is succeeding.
1: Yeah.
2: What about and Intel? Then, uh, so Intel is more of the processor thing. Intel's direct competitor would be ARM. Right? They do mm. more of the, 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 the computation part, the, the CPU, not the GPU. Mm. Um, they are sort of an indirect competitor now because uh, let's say we are extrapolating la, that uh, NVIDIA does acquire uh, Intel. Well, Intel is going to be blown out of the water. it's just just a matter of of time only it's it's not Mm. again it's not if so uh, why It's because again old architecture they have very stronghold over PC right Mm. so uh, yeah sure there's going to be people that still uses PC and that kind of stuff right but where is the trend of the entire technology space going Mm. right it's not just PCs anymore we're going more than that Right. Mm. So for them it's a totally different market share, it's a totally different product also, but we see their core being threatened by ARM itself. Whether or mm. not Nvidia's acquisition goes through. Yeah. Mm. Or where or mm. uh, well Apple progresses the R and D of ARM architecture faster, it's also gonna invalidate Intel also. So as an Intel investor, I would be considering quite strongly like uh the, the core product and where Intel is heading.
1: Cool, that's good to know. That's good to know. Anyone else?
2: Uh yes, Qualcomm. So Qcom, it uh it's just a royalty business, right? Just patent, 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 <laughs> like a pay me license fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got right. into a lot of trust issues recently. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> most of this are uh, is actually from the 3G and 4G patents. Mm. But 5G is coming. Mm. They're still on 3G and 4G, right? The 5G mm. portion uh, is gonna come from other vendors and Apple knows it. Samsung mm. knows it, right? They say, okay, I can continue to pay you royalties, but I'm not going to keep negotiating with you when you play hardball with me. I'm just going to let you face up. Mm. What are you going to do? Right? You don't advance any of my technologies. You are not even uh, giving me what I want. And okay, la, you charge me whichever Then I treat you like that. So it's again, it's really a relationship thing. La, right? Yes. You cannot just sit there and do nothing. Mm. And then just enjoy all the profits all the time. And then you really have no contribution value to the, the entire industry. Right? So, uh, Apple, Samsung, Xiaomi they contribute at least three quarters of the revenue right, to Qualcomm and it's just from the 3G and the 4G patents. So once 5G kicks in, right, and this has, again, nothing to do with NVIDIA, uh, but just for this company, uh, that one quarter that's left is going to be part of that compute. It's going to be part of that efficiency architecture of uh, what ARM can actually provide to NVIDIA. But whether or not NVIDIA's acquisition goes through, ARM's architecture right, will still progress because of Apple. So Qualcomm's also is being threatened.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice. That's, that's good to know. And in this space, okay, I think you, you've shared a lot, but I, I want to sum up, you know, um, in this space of uh, high-level high computing devices, right, every single CEO will come out and tell you they want to do the next big thing. Okay, every single CEO, uh, every investor day, they will come out and tell you there's this new big thing that they want to do, this new big thing that they want to do, but are they really doing it? That is the big question, right? So they can promise you the world, but are they really making it happen? Because by now, after this one discussion only, you should be able to see that it is not a simple thing to just like, oh, just start another thing. You know, not not so easy to just open another product, not so easy to just open another supply chain, you know, not so easy to just stay with the market or catch up with the market, right? So it's a very complicated and intricate space and we can over time talk about all these other things, but don't be fooled by all these CEOs that will come out and tell you, oh, I got a plan. Everybody tell you they got a plan. Mm, So mm. look at whether their products are working, look at whether there's market adoption and then from there you can kind of filter and decide which company actually fits your investment palette and which management actually works for you. Cool. Any other well things said, you want to well add? Said. No, man. Well said. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's all for today. I hope you guys learned some good stuff and let's keep chugging along. Take care, guys. Awesome Bye. stuff, Reggie. Bye-bye.
0: Hey Coconut, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. And to stay tuned with what is happening in the markets and in the TFC network, do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you have a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya next week.